Thursday afternoon, the sports pen coming at you. Glad to have you along on ESPN UPWZAM. Ishpeming Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. Jake Duran of Local 3 joins me per usual. What's up, Jake? Uh, you know, the same old, same old here. Enjoying the fall colors. It's mm. getting colder. Uh, you know, taking in the high school football season, all the all the NFL, NBA, NHL. It's great. It's a great time. Are you really enjoying the fall colors, or are you just trying to put on a happy face now that it's getting colder? You know, the only reason I brought that up is because <laughs> driving here, you know, uh, from our station to, to your station here, mm. Um, there's a nice stretch on Wright Street yep. with trees, and I just noticed just how yellow and orange everything was, and I'm like, this is really nice. It is but pretty out. It's the precursor to the winter, and, mm. and I grew up in the area, been through many winters up here, and I just, I just, I'm not a cold weather person mm. at heart. You know, I would love to live somewhere where it's 24 seven warm weather. So it's kind of like, okay, let's just in t- take this in, etc. I was able to go on a run today; it was nice. So mm. I mean, it's nice in the fall, but. You know winter's coming. Yeah, I tell you what, I hate getting cold, but I don't think I could live in a place where it is warm all the time. You know, i got to have winter, to be honest with you. I had that in Iowa growing up. I had that here. You know, I just I feel like I could live in a place like Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, more than I could in a place like Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, somewhere like that. I think I could live in Texas because I like Texas. Texas the, is cool. the, the Texas heat, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would like to try it. I would just like to see what it's like. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm the same way. Maybe I do actually need the seasons. But maybe it would be smart for me to move somewhere where, like, there is winter, but it's not, like, so intense. Mm-hmm. You know, it does get a little cold and things, but you're not going to have snow banks and things like that. It might snow a little here and there, but but it's still relatively not too too crazy. I tell you what, winter coming here before we know it. We've got sports coming at you over the course of the next hour or so. A lot's been happening in Major League Baseball in the last 24 hours. Obviously, the World Series going on. Two teams have new managers. We're two days into the NBA season. Almost everybody has a game under their belt. Plus, it's a Notre Dame-Michigan game day. Well, almost. It's game day week for those two. And that's coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about that over the course of the next hour. Plus, we got some NFL. What's really happening with Josh Gordon and the Patriots? Because there's got to be more to that story, doesn't there? And who is a real playoff team? But let's start with Pick'em. I tell you what, let's uh, let's get Jake's thoughts. Because I got everybody else's by now with Week 8 kicking off tonight. Let's get your thoughts in the following games, Jake. And it starts tonight when Washington goes on the road to take on the Vikings. Who do you have in this one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Minnesota Vikings. They're playing at home. And I know that hurts you. Yeah, yeah, it does hurt me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't want to go with any – I'm, I'm going to go with my head, not my heart this week because I think I got burned. I've been getting burned uh, recently with these picks because I go with my heart. Obviously, everything – Minnesota's been playing great. Kirk Cousins has been – you know, he's been balling since he was publicly called out by his teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, even without Adam Thielen at home, that team's just a different monster. They have a, a whole different energy. They, they turn it up, one, you know, an extra notch, take it to the next level. Dalvin Cook's a beast, and, and it's the Redskins. They're, they've won one game. You know, they have a lot of issues. Their head coach got fired. You know, just a lot of, lot of negative stuff going on around there. So I think Minnesota rolls in this one. I believe this is the first game in the last 99 that Adam Thielen is going to miss. So you know if he's missing a game, it is something to be taken seriously. I don't think it's a long-term issue, what have you. But if it is enough to keep an Ironman like him out of a game for the first time since 2014, it is serious. But I'm with you in the sense that I don't think Minnesota will have many problems tonight. Mm. Nope. You know, Stephon Diggs, he's licking his chops because now he's you know he's coming off a huge a huge game previously and. And he wants to be that number one guy, and he's going to go out. He's going to show it. And when you have to stop a, a Dalvin Cook, you're going to have a lot of opportunities. And I think Stephon Diggs is going to find the end zone more than once tonight. This game can be heard here on ESPN UP Sunday. We've got the Chargers on the road taking on the Bears in a game that's just kind of sad when you look at it on paper. What do you think? You know, coming into the season, I, I would have circled this as a really good game, that mm-hmm. a must-see game. Um, you know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Chargers. I yeah. know they've only won two games, but they've they've been in games. They've just found ways to lose games. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon fumbling the ball on the goal line and, and things like that. So it's not like they're they're getting blown out or anything. And I still think they have talent. Still got Old Man Rivers. You know, I, I like their receivers and in their defense. I know they've lost some pieces, but it's still pretty good. 
And I just don't trust. I mean, of course, the Bears' defense is really good, but that offense is just so stagnant, and it just, you know, there's not a lot of production there. So I'm going to go Chargers. I almost think the Chargers were better when Eckler was their clear number one at running back. I know. He's just he's versatile. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't have to really worry about it, and, and he was able, you know, he brings that extra element. I think he's a better receiver. Um, Melvin Gordon can, can definitely hit the home run too, but, you know, when you have Eckler, you know, you can just do so much with him. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough right now. Gordon came out and said publicly that his holdout to start the year was a mistake. Mm-hmm. I could have told him that back in August. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you see this happen. Le'Veon, he, he held out too, and maybe he didn't get as much money as he wanted. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, he, he definitely took a risk, and now you see Melvin Gordon doing that. I, I wonder if it's going to be kind of a, a lesson learned for these other backs who are thinking, you know, I, I can hold out, and I'm sure they're going to pay me and things like that. But, you know, Melvin Gordon coming back, he hasn't re- really looked that great. So your value is slowly going down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in, looking at it in hindsight, it, was, it was, wasn't a good good thing for him. To the afternoon slate on Sunday, we've got Carolina going on the road, taking on San Fran, an unbeaten quarterback going up against an unbeaten team. What do you think? This is probably one of the games I'm most looking forward Absolutely. to watching this weekend. Um, San Francisco, very impressive. Obviously, they're one of uh, the two remaining undefeated teams. Kyle Allen has the Panthers looking good. Chris McCaffrey, MVP candidate. I really like this this matchup. I'm going to go with my head. I'm going to go San Fran. I think right. San Fran at home is going to win. All right, so we have San Fran in the afternoon game to remain unbeaten. Green Bay at Kansas City on Sunday night football. Could Pat Mahomes really play in this game? I don't know, man. Okay, They I, wouldn't be that dumb to I, do that, would they? I, I wouldn't think so. He's just too valuable. You can't, yeah. you can't rush him back. He could, has a chance to get injured again. But, you know, he's, a, he's the ultimate competitor. He wants to come out. And you, I know that he preseason looked at the schedule and said, this is a game where I'm going to make sure everyone knows that I'm that guy in the mm. NFL now. It's against Aaron Rodgers. He's been compared to Aaron Rodgers since he took over there in Kansas City. You know, they, they both are just amazing throwers of the football. And, yeah, this was definitely one of those games preseason that I saw the, on the schedule. And I was like, this is a must-watch right. game. And I also said, this is a game the Packers will lose. Really? With Pat Mahomes healthy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think, you know, I thought, you know, I didn't I didn't say think there was going to be a lot of L's this season. But this mm-hmm. was one of those games where I was like, they'll probably go in and lose that. But now that Pat Mahomes is injured, I don't think he's going to play. I really don't. Mm-hmm. So I think Green Bay, with the momentum they have, obviously Aaron Rodgers coming in, um, and and Matt Moore playing quarterback for the Chiefs, I gotta go. I'm gonna go Green Bay. If Pat Mahomes does play for some stupid reason, then would it change your answer? I think it would, man. I I, I think it would. And and even if he's not completely healthy, him on the field just raises everybody's play so much because, mm-hmm. you know, he makes every player more confident. And those receivers running running those routes, they're not going to take any plays off because they know the ball's going to get to them if they're open. Um, you know, Pat's going to find them. So with Matt Moore, it's a little bit different because even if they're open, he's going to miss them here mm-hmm. and there. Um, but if, if Pat Mahomes was playing, I would probably pick the Chiefs, but I think that's the factor for me. If okay. he's not playing, it's Green Bay. All right, we'll go with that. We'll give you credit then. If Pat Mahomes does play, we'll have your answer marked down as KC. I tell you what, I want to see Rodgers, Mahomes as much as anybody, but not the expense of Mahomes' future Hall of Fame career. Just don't hurt yourself anymore. Don't risk the long term for the short term. Right, and, you know, they, he's practicing all week. Obviously, they're going to have doctors looking at him. The coaches are going to be able to see – um, how he looks, and I just saw you know practice video yesterday when he came when he practiced. I mean, he doesn't look like he's that injured. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of out there, he's moving around. You know, he's a little bit ginger on it and things like that. But it looks like he could play, which is insane to think mm-hmm. after seeing that injury. And you thought it potentially could have been a season-ending injury. So um, the fact that he's even out there trying just goes to show the type of competitor he is, and the fact that yeah, it wasn't. It was probably best-case scenario when you talk about getting injured like that, like they said when he had the MRI. Monday night football. I can't wait for this one. We've got the winless Dolphins on the road taking on third-stringer Devlin Hodges in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe they get Mason Rudolph back for that game, and it's only a winless team against a backup quarterback. 
it's kind of crazy to think that I'm, I'm hoping that they get Pittsburgh gets uh, Mason Rudolph back. I never thought I'd actually think that. Um, I don't think Miami or yeah, I don't think Miami's winning the game this year. They so, may not. Yeah, so um, I also got Juju Smith-Schuster on my fantasy mm. team. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. And you really want Mason Rudolph back? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. No one's gonna watch. It's it's just go Pittsburgh. There are some. Bad primetime games this week. The one tonight we don't think will be close. We're all unanimous on it in our picks. All five of us took Minnesota. Monday night, we all took Pittsburgh. And Sunday should have been a really good primetime game, but if Pat Mahomes plays, or excuse me, if Pat Mahomes doesn't play, I don't think it will be that good of a game. Here's the breakdown for how we picked. I said Minnesota and Pittsburgh we were both unanimous on. Three of us took Chicago. Two of us, t- uh, two of us picked the Chargers. Three of us picked Green Bay, two of us picked Kansas City, and all but one picked San Fran to beat Carolina. That's our breakdown. John Mike Hofling didn't pick San Fran? I picked Carolina. Oh, okay. I picked Carolina to win. I was going to say, is he going against his team? <laughs> no, that's a good pick, man. I mean, I could definitely see them coming in. Christian McCaffrey gives them a little bit of a, you know, he can do it all, obviously, and he can hit the home run. And then, obviously, I think Carolina's defense isn't talked about enough. They're in the top five and in several categories but that san francisco defensive line is just Mm -hmm. amazing i tell you what speaking of picks tune in to golick and wingo tomorrow morning we are on the survivor pool espn up has been chosen out of the 250 espn markets in the country we are going on air with golick and wingo tomorrow morning and we are going to give i'm going to say uh bold prediction i don't think it's a hot take i have decided which one but i'm not going to reveal it till tomorrow morning can you reveal it to me off air? No, because I'm not going to do it to anybody. Oh, okay. Nobody. I tell you what, though, I'm, I've am i got a quiet confidence in it. It is not a hot cake. So. <laughs> it is bold. I was not going to go for a cupcake. I'm telling you this right now. I am not picking the Patriots over the Browns, uh, although Jarvis Landry says that they're going to beat New England on Sunday. So Jarvis is calling it. I did not go for a cupcake. I want to be a little bit bold, but not stupid. I'm just racking my brain on who you could pick. <laughs> I don't know, man. Find that, out that's, that's really cool, though. Yeah, definitely tune in. I'll be, I'll be listening. I appreciate that. Go look and Wingo tomorrow morning, ESPN-UP, hitting the national airwaves. Let's take a time out. Let's break down what we've learned from the NBA two days in next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. The NBA season two days old and almost everybody's had one game. The Bucks, however, have not. They open their season tonight against Atlanta. I'm excited for that one. I'm excited to see what we get out of Giannis and a group that, despite the loss of Malcolm Brogdon, I think is still going to win the Eastern Conference this year, and I think they're uh, still think they're really going to be fun to watch. The Pistons looked pretty good last night, though. 119-110 mm-hmm. win. Yeah, without Blake. Um, I don't expect Luke Kennard to drop 30 points every <laughs> night. I said he was going to be better this year. He, he's going to be better 30 points a night. I don't think they're going to get that. But Drummond, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It always seems like every year Drummond has a really hot start where he's getting 20-20. 20-20, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, oh, Drummond has arrived. But then, like, <laughs> it seems like he either just stops trying or he loses interest. And, and throughout the year, obviously, those numbers – they go down a little bit, but I mean, he, what do you have, like 34, 23 or mm-hmm. something? That's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Um, D. Rose looked nice. You know, he's not that D, springy D. Rose, MVP D. Rose, mm-hmm. but he's a vet, crafty, can get to the rim when he wants to, things like that. So that's great. Um, the Pistons have a couple young guys that I'm very high on. Langston Galloway, he's a nice little wing player. Uh, uh, Bruce Brown Jr. is a nice, a nice player for them. Uh, it was a nice win. Obviously, they were in on the road. Anytime you get a road win, that's great. Oladipo wasn't playing for the Pacers, which you know that's that kind of is, isn't great. But I yeah, thought, but the, no Blake Griffin either. No Blake, you know, so it evens out. But you know, I figured, you know, coming into the season, I thought the Pacers were going to be right there in the Eastern Conference race, I, I middle still of the do. pack. You know, yeah. Obviously, this is uh, overreacting after one day, but <laughs> the Pacers are done. They're done out of the playoffs. Um, but you know, nice win, nice little win. We'll let's see if they can keep it up. I know they got Atlanta. Wait, no, who do they have tonight? Who do they have? I, I totally forgot. I think the Bucks have Atlanta. Do the Bucks or does have Atlanta? Detroit have Atlanta? I think Detroit has. You're Atlanta. right. Detroit does have Atlanta. The Bucks have Houston. Oh, oh that's gonna be. Oh, fun. that's a Harden really good game. All right, tune into that. Okay, that well, I think the Pistons can definitely be at Atlanta. So that, you know, hopefully they can get that and start two and zero. But Bucks Houston, that's gonna be nice. That could be fun. I was disappointed to see that they let Joe Johnson go. 
I want to see Joe Johnson stick I was somewhere. Rooting, I was rooting for him because the only time I ever watched the Big Three was YouTube highlights <laughs> of Joe Johnson, and I think it was when LeBron was in the crowd or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be a huge Joe Johnson fan back when he used to play on the uh, Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. way back in, in the we day. We all were. Yeah, and I was just like, this guy's amazing, and he's just one of those guys, man. He's obviously a veteran, just can score. Very clutch player. Just you know, anywhere he goes, he's a good player. And I was definitely uh, sad to see see him go. But Christian Wood, I think the guy that took his roster spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, good I watched preseason. I watched two preseason games of the Pistons, and I didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah. And you know, I followed the team, so mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, wait a second, who is this guy? This guy looks like a monster. <laughs> um, so if he could play anywhere near how he played in the preseason, and just give him some good minutes off the bench. Um, I like Christian Wood over Joe Johnson just because of his youth and potential. I was looking around the NBA from last night. The Cavaliers dropped John Beeline's NBA debut 94-85. Despite a double-double from Kevin Love, 11 points, 18 boards. The Hornets outlast the Bulls 126-125. to The Heat put up 120 in a win over the Grizzlies. But how about this? The Timberwolves beat the Brooklyn Nets in overtime 127-126. to Kyrie Irving looks rejuvenated. He dropped 50 of Brooklyn's 126 points last night. He just looks like he's finally found a yep. place where he's happy to be. Right. You know, he he had a record for most points scored, scored in a debut for a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched – I didn't watch the game. Obviously, I watched the highlights this morning. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, Brooklyn's one of those teams, man, that I'm, I'm rooting for, especially when Kevin Durant gets back. Uh, I always got to root for KD. We share the same last name. We're family, you know what I mean? So um, definitely <laughs> want to see them. But, you know, he's playing for the, the Nets, man. He's from New Jersey. He called, you know, he's he's saying he's going back home, obviously coming from, from Boston where he went there to Boston, and he was supposed to be that leader, you know. He was supposed to lead that young group to the promised land and things like that, and it was just an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. He wasn't having fun. Um, but, yeah, now he's back to where, you know, he's in a place where he wants to be. And, and you know, that, that gave him a little bit of juice. And, and man, if he would have hit that shot in overtime mm-hmm. where he, he fell and did the street ball move and somehow got back up, man, that would have been insane. But uh, that's going to be a great team, especially when Kevin Durant gets back. You know, the Nets were taking heat from moving on from D'Angelo Russell. But, I mean, Kyrie Irving's better, let's be honest. So, um, definitely a good showing for him and excited to see what that team does, um, especially in the next couple of years there. Coming into the season, I thought there was a lot of hype that wasn't necessarily deserved, wasn't merited around Carl Anthony Towns, and he is great. I mean, don't get me wrong, but people were calling him maybe like top two, three at his position, and I, I didn't know about that. He looked really good last night, and he needed to because his number two was minus 26 on the floor. Andrew Wiggins was minus 26 on the floor last night for Minnesota. Right. And, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, he's, like, one of the better players no one really talks about because mm-hmm. he plays in Minnesota. Um, and this team, you know, they, they've had good teams over the years. They just haven't been able to kind of put it together and reach that potential. But, I mean, he's a big man that can rebound, he can shoot, he can do it all. And, uh, you know, he was drafted high, and, and, you know, he's the face of the franchise for a reason. But Andrew Wiggins, I mean, mm-hmm. There is games where Andrew Wiggins looks like, you know, the the dude that people thought he was going to be, the prodigy mm-hmm. that he was supposed to be entering the league. Very athletic guy, can get to the bucket, he's a scorer. But, you know, I honestly don't even remember seeing any highlights. You know, I just watched the quick highlight reel. Yeah, I didn't see any highlights of him. The Knicks lose last night, 120-111 to 111 against San Antonio. First loss of many over in New York. A good one, Denver beat Portland 108-100. to 100. There are a lot of people saying that Denver could be this year's NBA champion. I don't see it. I, I can't mean, see it. They're good, but you can't win a championship when your best player is Nikola Jokic, can you? I mean, Jokic is good, man. He is, but, okay, Here's is this fair to say? Jokic is one of the best but most boring athletes of all time. Like, he's not just solid. basketball. I mean, he's solid, but if you try to watch his highlight tape, it's painful. He does what he needs to. You know, it's not showy, it's not flashy. He's effective, and he's awesome at what he does. But it's so boring. Like, he's not a fun player to watch. Hey, man, Tim Duncan didn't do what he did with style points. He, he had just a got little more done. flair than Jokic does, I mean, though. Jokic can step out. He can nail the three. He's a big guy. I like that whole roster, to be honest with you. I like Jamal Murray. He's shown he's he's more than just a, a, a shooter that can get hot. You know, he can really um, do it all. He can get to the rim. He can, he can produce. They just have a lot of guys that are similar players. Uh, you know, um, Gary Harris, mm. Jeremy Grant. Yep. 
guys like that. I think they have Malik Beasley on their squad now. Paul Millsap. Uh, Paul Mills. You know, guys that aren't similar. You know, they're not really flashy. They're just really solid players on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got a lot of those guys. They got a lot of those guys on the bench that will come in and, and, and be that. But, um, with, I mean, they have everything you, you want. They can play defense. I think Michael Porter Jr. is, is an X factor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was supposed to be the number one overall pick. He's been injured. Will he even become, will he be a shell of himself? Or if he, they can get any of that potential, I mean, him coming in will definitely be a, a huge, you know, he's, he could be a star player for them. And, and I see it. Portland is a really good team, too. They, they went in and they, they did the thing that, you know, it was a, it was a close game for most of the game. And, and I was just impressed that they never really lost their composure. They stayed in it and um, they got the job done. So Denver's looking really good. I think they're, they're right under those L.A. teams. The Dallas Mavericks were everything that we thought they were going to be last night. Lots of offense. Very little defense. One hundred eight to one hundred, they beat Washington. Luka Doncic, thirty four points last night. Man, I, you know he's one of my favorite players to watch. Um, this team, the, the Mavericks team, obviously, like you said, a lot of offense, no defense. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. You know, the unicorn came back. He was looking, you know, seven one freak athlete. Him and Doncic. That's just a fun team to watch. Man. They are. It's just a fun team to watch. It's not a formula that'll get you it's, into the postseason. Yeah, you're not expecting. But if if there's a random night in the NBA and the Mavericks are on, I'm definitely going to tune in and just watch watch the magic happen because the both of those players do things that you know you, you don't see every night on a basketball court, and and that's just something people want to see. The game that I was invested in last night, Philadelphia beat Boston 107 to 93. Boston put up a pretty good offensive effort. Defense, that was bad against a team that is going to struggle shooting the ball this year. And I talked about a few days ago on the show, the loss of Kyrie Irving doesn't concern me nearly as much as the loss of Al Horford because Inez Cantor cannot defend in the post. He can score fine, but that is a huge downgrade defensively, Horford to Cantor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm actually probably a little bit more high on the uh, Philly team than you are. Everybody I think, is. I don't get it. They I didn't think get they, better they have this a good, I think they have. A, I mean, I like what they're doing. I, I like that Horford and Bead little thing. You know, they they're got good. Top, they're top three I, team I, in the East. I think they could come out of the East and rep rep the East possibly. Um, for the Boston Celtics, man, over the years, over the last few years, there was always something about this team where you're just like. They just seem to always have momentum. You know, they were bringing in guys. They were drafting well. They had young guys that showed potential superstar-ish, you know, athletic ability and and doing things on the court that just pumped you up, that you were just like, wow, their future's bright. They've always had multiple draft picks. Danny Ainge is, you know, really good at what he does. But it kind of just seems like they kind of hit the wall a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like, because you look at the roster and like, so this is what they end up with. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, we thought they were going to get like an AD, you know, a big time player, Kevin Durant or, or somebody like that. But you know, they're still a good team, mm-hmm. but it's they just don't have that flash. No. And I think they've overpaid for Jalen Brown. He's solid, but you pay him one hundred fifteen, hundred thirteen million. You know, I know they had to do it, but you know, hopefully Jason. You know, I'm a, a J- Jason Tatum fan, but I, I just remember I don't I don't remember it was like a year or two ago I was. I went to Milwaukee, saw the butt when when Boston knocked out uh, knocked out the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and Kyrie wasn't playing. But you know, I was just sitting there like, wow. I watched Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both drop thirty on Milwaukee. You know, stun the crowd. And I was like, wow, they're still getting Kyrie back next year, and they have a couple first round mm-hmm. picks that added to that. I'm like, this team is going to be a dynasty. But now it's just like. I don't know. I don't know what happened. They're still really good. They're still going to be, you know, a competitor in the East, but they just don't have that 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 pizzazz that they used to have. I still think they're the two seed in the East. Really? Despite last night, I don't think they finish ahead of Milwaukee, but at some point, shooting is going to catch up to Philadelphia. It is going to bite them because they're not going to play guys who can defend the post as poorly as an is canter every single night. And if they're not scoring in the post, they're not scoring. So I'm still not ready to buy in on Philly despite last. It's a good win, and they are a top three team in the East, don't get me wrong. But I still think Boston finishes ahead of them. I'm going Milwaukee 1 or Philly 2. All right. And then whatever. I respect it. Yep. I respect it. I tell you what, we get our first look at the new-look Warriors this evening. It's a good one. Stay. I'm not staying up late for it, but if you want to, it's a 10.30 tip when they take on the Clippers, who, to me, looked every bit like the best team in the Western Conference the other night. Kawhi dropping 30, and they did that, by the way, without Paul George. I mean, they scored 112 without Paul George. 
they're just deeper than the Lakers are, and they're deeper than most teams in the Western Conference. I think we're going to get more of the same tonight when they play Golden State because Golden State is a team whose bench is going to be their worst enemy. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'm must, I'll, I'll be up. I'll be. I'm at the station till about midnight mm. um, every night, so I'll definitely tune in for a little bit. Um, I'm excited. I'm more excited about this Clippers team. Yeah, you know the Warriors. They still got Steph and, and Draymond and, and Russell and things like that. But um, I just feel like their their ceiling is you know bottom of the the, the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. They'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be anything to worry about. I'm a, I'm on that Clippers bandwagon, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it right now. I'm I'm on it. I was on it when they signed Paul George and Kawhi. I've been a huge Paul George fan. Um, ever since you know he was even in Indiana, you know terrorizing the Pistons, mm-hmm. um, I just like what they got going on. Pat Bev, Lou Williams, um, I'm on that bandwagon this year, and right. I'm not afraid to say it. So yeah, let's go Clippers. I think they're going to come out of the West. I would like to see you know Clippers, Bucks, Clippers, Sixers. Who knows? But. Um, definitely, definitely pumped up about this this Clippers team. I tell you what, I want to see what the Lakers look like matching up against somebody else. I want to see how they respond in mm. Game Two because LeBron and AD look pretty good for three quarters, but then two points and four turnovers in the fourth quarter. I tell you what, was LeBron one of the best three players in that game? There's a best debate three. because the top two were Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, but you could argue that Danny Green out. Outplayed LeBron. He, you know, if if he didn't explode in the third right, quarter, would, that would have been a blowout. It could have been a blowout. You're right. And um, I mean, maybe for that game, Danny Green was a, was the better player. But um, a lot of people are trying to say, you know, LeBron has hit this wall of yeah, age I'm not saying and that. Like that. Um, I just kind of think it was a tough game for the Lakers to open up with, just mm-hmm. because of the fact that you're going up against, you know, the LA Clippers. That's your biggest rival. You share a building together. Um, you definitely wanted to make a statement, and, I, and yeah, maybe they kind of just you know you know kind of just were over too 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 hyped for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think LeBron was trying to defer to Anthony Davis. He might have been a little rusty, but I think he was trying to you know really highlight uh, AD because he was the big get for for LA, and and LeBron was saying you know we want to run the offense through through uh, Anthony Davis, and for a little while it was working, but you know Anthony Davis. He's he's a really good player. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I mean it's going to be tough for him to battle every single night in that Western Conference against bigger bodies. You know he's kind of he's he's, he's a bigger guy, but mm-hmm. he's not like a muscle guy. He's not going to push you off the block or anything. Um, and he doesn't really have like your you know a go to move in the post. He he can shoot the ball, yeah, he can do all that, but it's going to be tough, man. And they're going to need LeBron to be LeBron on uh, some of these nights. You know, and I want to go on the record and make sure that I'm clear about this. I'm not saying LeBron at age 35 is falling off a cliff or anything like that. But what I am saying is that for this experiment to work, for the Lakers truly to be a top-two team in the Western Conference, LeBron needs to be one of the top three players in the world. And I'm not sure that he's still at that point. Now, I'm not saying that he is or isn't either way, but I'm saying that we're not far off. We are not far off from seeing Kawhi Leonard overtake LeBron as the best player in the world if he hasn't already. Right. I already think he has. I already think he has. I think LeBron, he he can be old LeBron where you're just like, you just watch it and you're just like, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he can do it on a consistent basis. I think, you know, he's not going to explode every night. Once in a while he'll come out, he'll be energized and do that. But, um, you know, I don't think I don't think he's going to be that. He's A lot of people are high on the Lakers. I always are like, I like what they're doing, but you take away AD or LeBron, that team's not going to be great. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I still think even if, if the Clippers lost Kawhi, and just had Paul George, I still think the Clippers could make some noise. It's called me crazy, but they mm-hmm. have that supporting cast. Um, I like what the Lakers did, bringing in guys like Danny Green and, and KCP played horrible, but I'm a, I'm a KCP guy. I used to play for Detroit, but he looked horrible. Uh, I like the, the signing of Dwight. gives him some muscle and, and kind of switch it with JaVale down there and things like that, rim protectors. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have LeBron on kind of, you know, a, a clock. They're not going to wear him out or anything like that, so... Um, it's going to be tough, but you don't want to see the Lakers in the playoffs. You know, you don't want to see LeBron in the playoffs. As long as they can get in and be there, you know, they're going to they're going to make some noise. Well, and the thing is, if they are going to win in the playoffs this year, LeBron has to be oh, the yeah. one, not the one A, because Anthony Davis has never been the one with somebody else's one A for a playoff team for a good playoff. I mean, he made it once, but they didn't do anything when they got there. LeBron has to be the alpha, and AD has to be the one A. Right. Yeah, I mean, in all realist, you know, reality, it's going to be 
a learning experience for AD. I think he, you know, he was on the Pelicans. I think they maybe won a playoff series or something, but mm-hmm. um, he hasn't really been through that whole thing, the, the whole trial of getting to a finals and what it takes to win uh, a finals. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how AD does. He's going to be fine. He's going to put up numbers. But you don't want to wear these two guys out. And, um, it, I mean, I don't see the Lakers finishing number one team in the West. I think they'll be right up there. But, like I said, if you're, if you're, you don't want to see them in playoffs. I think the Clippers are going to be the first seed. I think Denver's probably number two. And this is just off one game. Who mm, knows? Right. But, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you just across the bottom of the hour. So let's take another timeout. When we come back, One of my favorite stats came true last night, and it happened on the Diamond, where there was an absolute slaughtering of the Houston Astros. Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Here's your sports penner, uh, sports penner. Here's your sports center update. Patrick Beeline has abruptly resigned as Niagara's men's basketball head coach, citing personal reasons. Yes, that is the son of John Beeline. Maybe he's taking a spot on the on the Clippers staff as an assistant. I don't know. Uh, Boston Celtics center Taco Fall is in concussion protocol following a non-basketball related injury. Fall says that a low ceiling is the cause for his concussion. You hate to see it. Isn't that great? Yeah. Man, I just love that as a Celtics fan. Lose to the Sixers last night, and now one of your, uh, not a star player, but most interesting players gives himself a concussion. Let's just hope that's not a, a microcosm, if that's the word, of their season. I'm worried it is. You know, just like, this started off really bad. Just bad luck happening. It's We've not, seen it happen. Doesn't do it during a game. He does it by hitting his head on a ceiling. Right. Because he's like 7-1. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's done it before. I mean, can <laughs> so you imagine to give Can you imagine just walking into any building and really having to, like, be... Mm-hmm. You know, I'll walk through buildings not even thinking, mm-hmm. you know, just head in the clouds but he has to really be like okay where's the walls okay i gotta duck here go over here oh i can't enter this place okay that would it's be like, terrible well i'm like that whenever i'm traveling like on a team bus or something yeah or on an airplane mm-hmm. i'm always ducking down because i'm one of those people that stands up when that yeah. we pulled up to the tarmac and i'm standing you know in the aisle because it's been a while since i've been standing i always have to duck down because i'm too tall for the thing yeah. to stand but i do it anyway mm-hmm. And finally, Major League Baseball is investigating a now-deleted tweet from veteran umpire Rob Drake. Last night, Drake tweeted that he is going out to buy an AR-15 rifle, quote, because if you impeach my president this way, you will have another civil war, hashtag MAGA2020. I tell you what, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, had something that I thought was really smart to say about what you tweet, and that is that every time you hit send... You are essentially standing in front of a podium and giving a press conference. And would you be comfortable with what you're tweeting being said by somebody, you know, if like if Jim Harbaugh or Doc Rivers said this, what would the media do with it? Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, there's freedom of speech involved in this. I get it. You know, if you want to support the president, that's fine. If you want to support the Second Amendment, that's in the Constitution. Go for it. But you can't talk about buying a weapon in case there's another civil war and you're going to go to war and kill other Americans. You just can't do that. you got to be smarter than that. you got to be smarter than that. I mean, you got to learn. You see this happening every once in a while. Someone will go off the rails on social media, and most of the time I'm thinking they're sitting at their house sipping on some, some scotch or something. Mm. They get a little too tipsy, and then they, they feel free to say anything they want on social media. But just because you delete it doesn't mean it's going mm. away. Be careful. Just don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, I, you know know that your employer could be watching people can be taking screenshots and and you know especially with everything that happens with guns and how how delicate of a situ you know topic and and things like that Mm -hmm. it is just don't say it you can say if you want to go say something like that to your friend in confidence or something like that joke around with the guys um you know that's fine you you don't have to put it out to the masses Mm -hmm. and things like that like just don't be stupid. Well, and the thing is, to clarify, I don't have a problem with him tweeting about his support of the president. I don't have a problem with him tweeting about uh, the Second right. Amendment or buying a it's, gun. It, but when you talk about a civil war, like that's the reason you're buying a gun, mm-hmm. that's just stupid. You, you can't do you that. You can't do that. You just can't do that. And, yeah, you, there's, there's a line you cross, and when you start talking about killing other people, then mm-hmm. you're crossing the line. 
I tell That's you threatening. What, you know, it's threatening. I don't know what Major League Baseball can do because this is a freedom of speech act. I mean, I guess there is private enterprise. I talked about that earlier in the week. I don't know what Major League Baseball can do, but you can't have this conversation because this isn't going away. I mean, you've got to have this kind of a conversation. You know what, and I know this isn't the point of it, but how much did it surprise you that a professional umpire and or official has a social media, like has a Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like, how old I'm surprised they're allowed to do it. I don't know. He looks, he looks like he's about 50-something, but he's been umpiring Major League Baseball games since 99, and he, he's a good umpire. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done the All-Star game in 2013. He's done playoffs consistently since 2010. But next year, you know that if there's a controversial call and a bang-bang play, it's a 50-50 call, someone brings us up to him on the field, something like this, and arguments get personal, you know this isn't going away. Right, yeah. I mean, he asked me, obviously he deleted it Mm -hmm. probably probably right after he tweeted it. Um, But yeah, I mean, for it to be coming from such an older person who should know better, um, you know, it's, it's, it's surprising, but... I mean, some people are out there, and they and they just don't realize how social media is your main. You know, you're reflecting yourself mm-hmm. on these accounts, and you just got to be careful with what you're saying. It's, you know, I I'm at the point where I'm just like I'm gonna just for the most part just stay off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have something to say, I'll tell it to people in rea- real life. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't need people to like my stuff or retweet me. You know, I'm fine. But yeah, I mean, learning experience. People out there should learn. Don't do this. I tell you what, sticking with baseball, last night an absolute shellacking in Houston. They do have a problem. As Washington wins 12-3, to they take a 2 nothing series lead. They went through the two best pitchers on Houston staff like it was nothing. They went through Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander like it was nothing. 20-year-old Juan Soto and this group of guys like Howie Kendrick, Ryan Zimmerman, guys that should have been well past their prime by all logic, and guys like, you know, apparently Anthony Rendon's 29 years old. I would have never guessed that. But uh, you get this group of guys. That's, I don't want to say they're a group of misfits, but on paper, Houston should be the one that's up 2 nothing right now. And yet that's not the case. And by the way, my favorite stat from this World Series, I was hoping it would come true. It did last night. Fernando Rodney got into the ballgame. Fernando Rodney became the first player in Major League history to represent both the American League and the National League in the wild card game, the league divisional round, the league championship round, the World Series, and the All Star game. Nice. Got to play a lot of baseball for that. Got to do that, and he he did it. Um, so that yeah, that's that's legit stat there. Um, but yeah, I mean, surprising. I when they they were able to get the win in game one against Cole. You know, I was pretty surprised. I was mm-hmm. like, all right. You know, maybe they kind of just got lucky. You know, Juan Soto had himself just an amazing night. Twenty twenty years old. Just hearing that. I mean, that's so young, mm-hmm. and he's already doing that, and he's already just you know making the name for himself. It just makes me feel like I really haven't accomplished anything <laughs> in my life. Um, but then to come out against Verlander and, and to put 12 runs up in that game, mm-hmm. um, and and I just don't know if Houston really took them as serious as maybe they should have. I don't think they they thought they would they would really battle those you know the pitchers as well as they have on the mound. I mean, it's 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 insane, and and like I said, sometimes all you need is momentum and belief, and I. Definitely think Washington believes they can do this, and and you know taking down two of their top three pitchers, I mean it, it's it's a huge accomplishment, and I don't think anyone really saw this coming, and now they just have to finish it. I still think Houston can come back and win this thing. I do too, um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely they're definitely not making it easy on themselves because the pitching has lifted Washington over Houston. I mean I know that the offense has been explosive; they've gone on uh, for seventeen runs in two mm-hmm. games. But the pitching to keep down an Astros lineup like that in their home ballpark has factored into it in a big way. And Houston's bullpen is significantly better than Washington's is. It's going to continue to be a balancing act for Davey Martinez. And he's hit par for the course every step of the way. He hasn't messed it up. But can he continue to do that? Continue to balance the workload between his starters and his bullpen throughout the course of the series? Because even if they go up 3 nothing, which I do think they will, I think they're going to win on their home field and beat Granky tomorrow night, even if they go up 3 nothing, Houston's not going away, and they have got to keep this balancing act together in a way that Houston just isn't challenged with that. So that's why I still think the door is open for Houston, no matter what happens, until that fourth win is secured. Yeah. Yep, I mean, it, it, it's not over till it's over, and, and, and the pressure's only going to keep going up as, as these games go on. So 
Um, I mean, baseball's a, a really big strategy game, and, and that's why managers are getting p- paid what they do and, and things like that. So um, he's been doing good so far, you know, balancing everything. So we'll see if he can continue it. Um, I will say this. I never thought, you know, I remember watching that Brewers game mm-hmm. early on, and, and I never would have guessed that, that Washington was going to be able to make this run. Oh, and, I know. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me, man. This is just sports. This mm-hmm. is what happens. Teams get hot at the right time, and, and uh, you know, they, they get it done. Last thing on baseball before we hit the break. Two managerial vacancies filled today. And speaking of Phils, they pick up Joe Girardi. The Philadelphia Phillies have tapped Joe Girardi, former Yankee manager, managed them to the 2009 World Series, has been named the new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. He replaces Gabe Kapler, who was fired after two seasons, and Jace Tingler, who? That was my reaction, too. He is hired by the San Diego Padres. Jace Tingler and And that's the last time we'll hear from him again. (laughs) Has it been 10 years since Joe Girardi was in the Yankees one? Dang it. It has been 10 years since they won the World Series. Why is time flying by so fast? It just seems like time goes quicker as we get older. So yesterday, David Ross named manager of the Cubs. Two more jobs filled today. I'm still waiting to see Raul Labanez get that call from the Giants. Mike Matheny to the Royals. I think Pittsburgh, I don't think their job's been filled yet. Derek Shelton is the guy I still think is going to get that job. There's still a lot to happen with baseball, including the World Series. Let's take a timeout when we come back. This weekend in college football, we've got Wisconsin-Ohio State. We've got LSU-Auburn. We've got Notre Dame-Michigan. So why in the blue blazes is game day going to Brookings, South Dakota? That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the App Live Store or Google Play or look up ESPNUP.com. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're with us as we wind down on this Thursday afternoon. A fun weekend in college football coming up. We've got Ohio State-Wisconsin. I know that matchup looked a lot better last week. It still should be a fun one. you got Michigan State and Penn State, which could be a fun one. Penn State, playoff implications on the line for them. You've got LSU-Auburn. That should be a fun one. Yep. And then, of course, we have Notre Dame-Michigan. You and I have circled that one for a long time. Are we, we going to bet on that We one? should. We should probably put something know. down. Should we? I don't, I don't know if I feel safe doing Let's that. Let's see. It's 448, according to the timer. So we got 12 minutes to come Give up with some something points. Or something. Give me some points. Or something. Well, the thing is, Michigan is favored in this game. That yeah, surprised me. That, that is surprising, to be honest with you. Um, do I think Michigan's going to win this game? Probably not. They'll mm-hmm. find a way to lose. They'll turn the ball <laughs> over. They'll fumble. Um, who knows? But, I mean, Michigan is coming off a pretty decent performance against Penn State. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, Shea Patterson had one of his better games this season. They they protected him well. They were able to get the run game going a little bit. Charbonnet is looking like he's a beast. Um, you know, they found some success through the air. I like the receiving core. You know, they they did a lot of wide receiver screens and, and bubble screens and things like that. So I, um, I think they could be successful doing some of the same things they did against Penn State. Uh, you know, I, I know USC, I was reading something on, you know, USC found success with the one-on-one matchups on the outside mm-hmm. against Notre Dame. And if you got down to those people, Jones, Black, and Collins, um, you know you got to you got to like your chances when you're talking about one-on-one matchups. So and, and Michigan's we'll receivers are bigger and significantly better than USC's. Are. Right, right. I, I, I like Michael Porter Jr. On, on USC, but but I will say yes. Overall, they have definitely have a better receiving core. So um, if Patterson can just put the ball on the money, you know they they got pretty good balance. And of course, that Michigan defense usually shows up. So. Um, it's going to be a good game now that I talked myself into it. You know, and I am not one of those overconfident Notre Dame fans that's bragging before we even kick off here. I'm worried for this game. I Absolutely <laughs> I am, because any time you play Michigan, they get up for that one. Notre Dame struggled in the big house. What is it, like two wins in the last two decades? And Michigan is a good team. Despite their struggles, they're a good team. I tell you what, though. There's got to be a lot of pressure on Harbaugh coming in this one, because if he loses, it's 5-3. and three. And people were thinking maybe college football playoff this year. They were thinking Big Ten championship. They were favored to win it in the preseason. And if he falls to 5-3, and three, I know he said this week he's not playing an exit strategy. He's not planning to move on to the NFL. Well, that decision to exit Michigan would come from the top. It would not likely come from him, but it would likely come from the top if Michigan at any point drops to 5-3 and three this year. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say. I don't think Michigan, the the university will will fire him or anything. Um, 
you know, it, it, it changes for me. I'm a Michigan fan. You know, some days I'm like, Harbaugh needs to go, et cetera, et cetera. He's been relatively successful. I know he hasn't beat Ohio State or won a national championship, but I'm just like thinking, like, who could they potentially get that's, that could come in and do a better job than Bronco Mendenhall? Okay. <laughs> that's tongue in cheek. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so yeah, like, um, but who could they get? They're not going to get. I don't know if they're going to get someone in there that's really established. That's going to just be able to take the the team to the next level. They would probably have to just get like a a, a hot younger name mm-hmm. that could come in and, and flourish and blossom as the Michigan head coach. Um, you know, I'd be a little bit, you know, not a little bit more angry if they were losing te- to like bad teams. Right. You know, they did look decent against Penn State. They they should they should win that game. Mm. If they lose to Notre Dame, if it's if it's close, it's like, well, they were right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's tough, man. It's tough. Do I want to see Jim Harbaugh go? I don't. Do I think it's better for the team in the long run? Probably. Will he go? Probably not. Yeah. I'm just kind of stuck in the middle. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Like, no, I, like I, I was, know what you mean. Like I was talking to you earlier, this team has lost its spark for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not excited on a Saturday to turn on a Michigan game. Right. Um, and it and it's been like that the whole year. I mm-hmm. I've, I've haven't really watched a lot of their games. The last game I did watch was that Wisconsin debacle, and I turned it off in the first quarter because mm-hmm. uh, when the refs overturned that call, that uh, I forgot. I think it was Nico Collins had a really nice catch over the middle, and they overturned it, and, and it was a clear catch. I said, this game's over. It's over. You can't. You can't. You got to get breaks on the road. And I don't know. There's something about this team. Maybe it's just all the negative media attention that they're getting. Where I just, I just don't have excitement for this team. It's not. I don't know why. Well, I know what you mean in the coaching aspect. They're like, do you think I'm real satisfied? You think I'm overjoyed? Brian Kelly is coaching no, Notre Dame. Definitely. No, but <laughs> who are they going to get exactly. that's out there that's better? Not, there's not like a pool of of amazing coaches that mm-hmm. are going to come and win you a national championship. There are three elite coaches you can make the argument for right now. Uh, if Urban Meyer decides to come back into the ring, maybe he's up there. I don't know. But I tell you what, Brian Kelly, since he's given up play-calling duties, I like him a lot better. <laughs> you can tell when he's calling the plays as compared to Chip Long, the offensive coordinator. When Long is calling plays, they move the football. When Brian Kelly's calling plays, he does his famous run right up the middle into the teeth of a five-man front. That thing that's is all play he call. does. That's, that's how you know Brian Kelly's wow. calling plays. That's crazy. I guess every time I hear Brian Kelly, I think of Chip Kelly, so I think of mm. like a little bit more of just like an offensive like genius. But is he a um, genius? I don't know. In college, he was. <laughs> At Oregon, he was. Ever since then, it's he. he you know, he did definitely have the personnel he wanted and, mm. and the recruits as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know too much about Brian Kelly. All I know is he's just he's all right. I guess I would group him with Jim Harbaugh. Like he's okay. But are they going to get Brian Kelly's a little bit above Jim Harbaugh, though. Okay, just I mean, for the record. All right, all right. Just, just be honest. That's fair. I'm just saying, are they going to get it done for you? Are they? Is are Notre Dame going to win is, is Nader, championship? Yeah. No, no. Exactly. I don't think Brian Kelly's going to win Notre Dame They're going to win games, right? I mean, with those guys, you're guaranteed to be a top, probably 15 team every right. year, win nine, ten games, maybe 11 a year, something like that. But will either of them win you a national championship? No, I don't think so. And that, well, that's where the issue comes in, especially with Michigan and their boosters. They're winning games. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're still a winning team. As long as the money's still coming in, people are still going to the games. They can still, you know, sell this false hope that this is the year. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to do anything to potentially mess that up and bring someone in who's potentially worse. Mm-hmm. Where now they're losing money and things like that. So it's just a tough spot, man. It's a tough spot. Something's got to give. Maybe maybe Harbaugh just needs another year or so. Maybe he'll he'll switch it up and turn it around. But right now, there's the just the the wind has lost the sails have has lost the wind there at Michigan. You know, and I've got a list I'm going to read here in a moment from Brent McMurphy, the highest paid coaches from each of the Power Five conferences. And right now, I really think there are only about three coaches that can actually win you a national championship. You know, there's a few guys that are going to make you good, like Ed Orgeron at LSU. He's going to make a really good team, but I don't think he's capable of a championship. I don't think Tom Herman at Texas, he's in the top tier. I don't think he's going to win you a national championship. That being said, the highest paid coaches in each of the Power Five conferences, Dabo Sweeney out of Clemson in the ACC, Nick Saban out of Alabama in the SEC, Jim Harbaugh, Tom Herman, and Chris Peterson. Yeah, I mean, I think Ryan Day at Ohio State has a good shot to win one this year. I know he's a first-year. He could, too. You yeah, know, I know he he's could. a first-year head coach, and, yeah, he has all Urban's players right mm-hmm. now. But, 
Um, he could be one of those guys that turns into an elite coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's of course, of course, he's at Ohio State, and he's you know, of course, <laughs> you potentially be there for ten years and and win championships and win the Big Ten every year. Of course, um, but I do agree with that list. Okay, um, but I tell you what. We have that game going on this weekend. It should be a fun one. I, I really do think it'll be a good one. And I'm one of those people, i tell you this, I'm not a trash talker. I hate trash talk. I think it's a bad look. I am big on respect for opponent, and I, I do respect Michigan. You know, Maybe I don't like them. I respect them, uh, just as a Notre Dame guy. And I think it will be a really good game this weekend. It's going to be a test. We have that one going on. We've got Michigan State, Penn State. We've got Ohio State, Wisconsin. We've got Auburn, LSU. Those games all jump out to me saying college game day should go here. They're going to Brookings, South Dakota for North Dakota State and South Dakota State. And we know what North Dakota State is. They run the FCS. I grew up uh, about two, three-something hours from Brookings, South Dakota. And, you know, the Jackrabbits are a pretty good FCS team. Why are they hosting college game day? Why is this being billed as a game that just absolutely can't be missed? I tell you what, I would... Probably, <laughs> I'd probably do an about face if I still lived in Iowa, and I'd be so psyched that game day was coming to my area because it came to Ames too, and that was just on the other side of me. And I could have gone to game day twice. I probably would have felt a whole different way about this. But now that I'm up here in Michigan, I'm mad. I'm mad. Why is <laughs> college it. game day going to watch the Bison and the Jackrabbits, the Fighting Carson Wentz's, and I don't even know anybody from South Dakota State. Right. I mean, they do produce quarterbacks there um, in, in North Dakota. Easton Stick. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm going to just guess because obviously neither of those states have a football team, mm-hmm. professional football team. But, you know, there's obviously tradition there. There's huge fan bases for these teams. And um, it's it's a huge rivalry. You know, it's, it's North and South Dakota, huge rivalry. And um, definitely with all these other games, I think if, if Wisconsin didn't lay an egg last week, mm-hmm. you know, that could have been potentially obviously a huge game. Maybe they would have went there, but... Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know anything about either of these teams, and and I'm guessing it's just because they're guaranteed to have people come out. Obviously, that's going to be the the rock star show that's coming to town and and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's not the best game, but they'll get a lot of people out. It'll it'll generate some buzz, and it's something that those people don't get very often. So, um, you know, I've got to show some love to the FCS teams. I have made a very, very grave mistake. And I disrespected one of the greatest to ever play by saying that I could not name a South Dakota State football alum. So let's try this again. College game day is going to Brookings, South Dakota to play, excuse me, to watch the fighting Carson Wentz's play the fighting Adam Vinatieri's. How could I leave out Does he have a statue? Adam Vinatieri? He should. He if should. he doesn't, he should. I'm sure he we'll should. see it on Saturday if I'm they do. A, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Carson Wentz's, though. I think they're going to win. I, I do, too. I don't see how you can pick against them. <laughs> right. I mean, you know how rivalries go in college football. You know, South Dakota might come in and want to prove a point, make that upset. Who knows? Dan Herbs, Jake Durant with you. With that, we are out of time. My man, I appreciate you being here as always. What do you have going on over at Local 3 this week? Man, we have, obviously, uh, high school football coming up. We're reaching the end of the regular season. Um, I got a lot of stuff in mind. I'm going to be working closely with NMU to try to do some some player profiles and and really get these stories. There's a lot of unique student athletes that go to NMU, and, and I'm hoping I can branch out to Michigan Tech as well um, in the future. But, you know, just a lot of great stories to tell uh, with a lot of these athletes. So I'm going to go and, and get to know a little bit about some of these unique athletes and where they come from and, and what their life is like and how, you know, they're kind of balancing school and, and, and you know their sport so um, that's something i'm looking forward to doing in the next couple weeks and yeah just just hanging out man tanner hoops jake durant with you that's it for us here on espn up don't forget tune in to golik and wingo tomorrow morning hear that bold prediction and of course we have the sports pen tomorrow plus our coaches show all that and more coming up on friday signing off from the espn up wzam ishpeming marquette studios for jake durant i'm tanner hoops thanks for listening to espn up <laughs>